Oh yeah, your Christmas thoughts. Go ahead with your random. Well, Christmas I have thoughts. another one now. Yeah, Rudolph. <laughs> I don't buy it. What part? I don't buy it. He wasn't bullied. There's no way. There's you don't no think, way. You don't think he was bullied? You're telling me a reindeer with a shiny bright nose was bullied? I will say this. I had this thought around Christmas time because I was watching Rudolph. In a community that is like, it's like Christmas 365. Yeah. It's reindeer and elves. Mm -hmm. You having a red light, born with a red light, you would be so famous. You're telling me it would take people that long to realize that having a bright red shiny nose would come in handy around Christmas 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. You do what? Yeah, exactly. So now I, th I think it's, you reversed. know what? I think you're right. I think we should have pity on the Grinch and zero pity on Rudolph. Rudolph was getting tail. You know it, dude. <laughs> you know it. Are you kidding me? Think about the animal kingdom. Tail. Think about the animal kingdom. They're reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> You lunatic. Dude, in the animal kingdom, like the the male or female species, however it works, like that has like a really bright, like eye catching thing is the thing that gets yeah. the tail. And it makes noise. He's he, Dude, Rudolph is constantly peacocking. Yeah. He's just like shutting it off. Except for when his dad tries to cover it up with dirt. <laughs> Lame. I know. I'm just like, I feel like if he was bullied, it's because everyone was jealous. Yeah, but it must I can have been. See that. How could it not have been inherently like seen as advantageous? Yeah, I don't. Well, and if you're gonna not see it as advantageous for that long, mm -hmm. what's all of a sudden gonna make you be like, you know what? Yeah, that's gonna be a great guide for the sleigh. Yeah, all of a sudden you're like, that's bright enough to be a giant flashlight. Also, I was rewatching Rudolph. Dude, Santa Claus is a savage to Rudolph Dude, whenever he's born. What is up with all the savagery? Whenever he was born, he came in and he had like the red nose or something. And Santa Claus was like, ooh, hopefully you could get that figured out. He's not Rudolph it's like, the humpbacked reindeer. Santa, bro. They're acting like he, Chill. he's like hideous. Yeah. No, no he's got he a just has red nose. literally the single greatest thing you could have. In a community of like Christmas loving creatures. It's like a baby coming out jacked. <laughs> you know? Like, it's oh. like it's like cutting down a Christmas tree that has lights attached yeah. already. It, yeah, it's like going to find a Christmas tree and one already has a star ornament on top. And all and the you're decorations. Like, you're like, well all I have to do is put it up. I'm taking this one. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's obvious that if you think about it. <laughs> it's like a baby being born jacked. <laughs> the Grinch, it is. The Grinch obviously did not create the mythology or write the song around himself because it's yeah he didn't write it's making it. fun of himself you know rudolph was behind the rudolph propaganda that is <laughs> rudolph, rudolph the red-nosed red reindeer, nose reindeer had a i mean obviously they're fictional nose. but if they were real rudolph was behind that you song. know what really used to scare me about rudolph the what? abominables and the snowman yeah. snowman and I really liked the climber dude. Well, if you have a name like that, how are you not intimidating? I mean, he ends up being a sweetheart. Yeah. So that's true. There's that. So anyway. Also, how long would those have taken to make? Gosh. With a little like. Take a picture. Yeah. Though the Move stop it, motion. Take a picture. Yeah. Move it. Take a picture. They had yeah. more time back then. There was no Netflix. There's no cell phones. No Hulu. No Amazon. No Twitter. No social media. No. No. 
whatever Facebook is now, Meta. No Warzone, the Metaverse. The Metaverse. There's no Metaverse. Anyway, I say all this. So next year, uh-huh. I want all of us as a society to uh-huh. lift up the Grinch and let's not, you know, feed Rudolph's ego anymore. I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm, I, I don't disagree with either of those statements. I mean, I think Rudolph... You know, his childhood was maybe a little more difficult than your... I mean, people did rag on him. Like Santa Claus himself. I don't buy it. I think Rudolph made that up. No. To get some sympathy. Santa Claus himself kind of said some sus things about Rudolph. And that's got to do something to your self-esteem. Okay. But then, you know, you come through and save Christmas. I mean, you're pretty much good to go. You You know what my favorite movie was that I watched this Christmas season? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Claus or Klaus. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Netflix animated movie. I saw that when I was scrolling and I was like, this looks kind of good, dude. But I didn't watch it. That was good. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's for kids, but right. yeah, I really, really liked it. I'll have to add that to my, uh, Christmas viewing next year. Are you going to watch it? Yeah. I was going to say you're, you kind of missed your yeah. shot this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we don't spend too long on Christmas. Sure, sure. We already yeah, had the Christmas episode. I do want to bring episode. up something real quick. Okay. Evan, you've been goofing it up on this podcast, man. You've made multiple mistakes. Yeah. So I put it. <laughs> yeah. If you watched the podcast are, last time. Are we time, touching on this now? Yeah. Because you told me last time, don't like, you just shouldn't have mentioned it at all. So I was yeah. like, I'm just not going to mention well, mistakes that I catch later. Last week, you brought up how you made the mistake of calling the mask of Zorro the mask of Zorro. But that wasn't a mistake. It is the mask of Zorro. Okay, here's what happened. The Legend of Zorro is the sequel, and that one stinks. Here's what happened. (laughs) I was scrolling, and I saw the Legend of Zorro. And it had, like, the cover art Mm -hmm. of the mask of Zorro, but it wasn't the mask of Zorro. And I was like... Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe I called that the wrong thing because it had like Antonio Banderas yeah. on the cover and I was like fooled by it and I was like, I guess I called it the wrong thing. And so then innocently, I was like, I'm going to try to correct yeah. my mistake, but ended up making a double mistake. <laughs> I had to put text on the screen to correct you. I saw it. But here's the thing. I'm culpable too because, and if you watch the episode, you'll see me make a face. Yeah. Like a... I don't think that's right. Well, no, I made another mistake. But I you think. were so confident. I was like, oh, maybe it is flip-flopped. Maybe the first one is legend. I think I made another mistake, too. Yeah, I caught one, but I can't remember what it is. No, what was it? You corrected me. I said <laughs> yeah, Miracle on 34th yeah. Street. Oh, man. And you said it's not Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> it sounded wrong to me at the time. And then we were like, what street is it? And you go, I don't know, but I know it's not 34th. 31st sounds better. And I was, I was convinced. And so then on Christmas, I'm scrolling through Christmas movies. And what do I see? It's the miracle on 30 freaking fourth street. (laughs) You know what? You are culpable. You shouldn't be so gullible. You shouldn't be so easily swayed. (laughs) That's true. I just, whatever you correct me, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Let me just say though, 31st does sound better. I'm not, I may be, I may be, I may be wrong about the title of the movie. But I'm not wrong about the fact that 31st sounds better. You know what my next thought was? I saw that and I went, wait, what (laughs) if, what if this is like an Oceans franchise thing? 
<laughs> no, yeah, like dude, the, Andrew, like the, the original, the original is thirty first. Yeah, I was like, what if there's a first one? That's the and they third made sequels movie. That's and they the just third kept adding the streets. Yeah, that's the third one. And then if you think about it, like you think thirty fifth streets, like I don't get a miracle. <laughs> no, we skipped over. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, those are my yeah those. I made a mistake, and then I that wasn't actually a mistake, and then I doubled down on that mistake, yeah. and then made a Christmas mistake as well. But hey, in the spirit of Christmas, yeah. let's hey, just forget about it. You're lucky that we don't have a big enough audience. Oh man, there. I would get so much. They're the finding I would this. Get destroyed. I'm, I'm finding this. So yeah. Well, thank you for mentioning it. I'm excited <laughs> to see what this week's goof is. Yeah, let's let's throw a little mistake in there. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. Well, I think it's time for the main event. All right. I can't even remember what the main event is now. We are re-entering the Matrix. Oh, yeah. So last week, or last, this past weekend, we got to see it in theaters. Yes, we did. And then I, like a crazy person, drove home Uh and put it on HBO and watched it again. Back to back viewings, which is something I've never done, which I've never had the ability to. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad if, you know, if this Warner Brothers experiment ends soon yeah. or of simultaneous streaming in, in the theater, I'm glad I got to do that with a movie once because it yeah. was interesting to do yeah. that. I was rewatching it today. So I guess that was about yeah. And we what we saw it four days ago or something. Right. Okay. So you recently rewatched it yeah i know your thoughts post movie theater you were a little mixed now i'm curious how are you how are you feeling now now after a little reflection i actually really like what it was doing Mm -hmm. i i will i will say i don't think every single part of the movie was executed absolutely perfect how dare you no no yeah you're right <laughs> but i think that the i feel like that's a really tough position to be in mm-hmm. with a story that's so complicated you have to write you have to come up with a storyline that's like that feels fresh but honors the feeling of the old movies mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they came up with something that was really, really inventive and good and creative and, um, and they found a way to, to further the story and not tell the same story over again. One little tidbit that I hated the first time I watched it, but really liked the second time I watched it was when they were in the matrix it didn't feel like the old matrix. Right. It like, it felt, well, technically it wasn't, I'm getting there. So it felt cleaner and new and shiny and like, like a brand new department store, like, like the bathroom in a, in a building that was just built. Yeah. It's like so fresh and so clean and like spotless. That's how the matrix felt. And I was like, oh, this doesn't like feel as like real and gritty and like cool as the old Matrix felt. And then I realized towards the end of the first viewing of the movie, but especially in those opening scenes in the second viewing of the movie, like this is a brand new Matrix. Yeah. 
like there, this is new software. This is an old matrix software. Like this is a different matrix completely. So it's brand new and it's clean and it's shiny and it's different. And like that they're setting this matrix apart from the other by having it feel this certain way, which I actually think was genius and really, really cool. Um, but it was like just jarring at first because I think you're it it feels more grounded in the old movies it feels grounded because it's like this is more like gritty Mm -hmm. like this is more like what it would actually be like in a city yeah but then in the new one it's like there's no trash on the streets there's no like you know people like like people out of place it doesn't seem it just seems squeaky clean and kind of fresh yeah which i now i think that was like completely on purpose yeah that's a that's an interesting word jarring and i think a lot of people when they watch are going to feel a little jarred and i yeah i think the key to this movie and with any movie honestly but when you're talking about a fourth movie in a franchise one where the most recent movie was in 2003 Mm -hmm. and it's a popular franchise like you need to go into this and just be open hugely popular yeah like the key to this is just to be open to what lana wachowski is trying to do because if you go up there with your like really heavy like i want it to be like the old matrix expectations i'm not saying that's wrong i'm just saying right you're gonna struggle at first definitely and that's why the second viewing for me was good i wasn't i wouldn't say i went in guarded i was just (laughs) You know, I had just rewatched the movies and like so much is thrown at you that you you're kind of just like you're like this the whole movie. And that's not the best way to watch it, especially on your heels, especially that first 15 minutes. They're explaining really um, detailed logistics Mm -hmm. of what's going on and how it's happened. So if you're not kind of grasping that portion of it right out of the gate yeah it can be kind of tough because you're constantly like i found myself during the first viewing yeah they're like we're in a modal of yeah you know, blah, I, blah. I found myself constantly referencing that first 15 minutes of yeah. like okay so he got here because of what happened back at the beginning right and it's like that's how we are here now where it's like the second viewing you just go in with the understanding more of what's going on so yeah. it's like, okay, like I've got it. Yeah. Like I understand a little more of it now and I can appreciate how wild this and complicated yeah. this story is and uh, and what it says about the world that we live in, which I, I feel like we've watched two movies that kind of reference culture, or like mm-hmm. the idea of disconnecting or connecting to like the people around you. Yeah. What, do you think what do you think some of like the subtext, like underlying themes, how do you think it did addressing some of that stuff? Well, the first time I was, I was picking up on it, but the movie's going so fast. You're trying to, you're trying to simultaneously like understand what the movie's doing, like within just like story wise, like plot. Yeah. And I'm also trying to understand thematically and with all the new plot elements, it was hard to do both. I agree. And so this, so when we left the first time I was like, I had this feeling of, I feel like it was a movie trying to argue why it shouldn't exist, but I'm wrong. Sure. I'm wrong. And I can, I can see why a lot of other people think that too. But when I rewatched it, having like really focusing on the ending, because 
like the whole idea of like the ending is the conceit, like the ending of a movie is the movie saying, this is what the whole movie's about. Right. And so I was thinking about the ending. So when I put it back on, I'm watching and I go, oh, and the movie opens very intentionally on a reflection mm-hmm. in the ground. So it opens on. What an opening. What a, a what a cool opening. opening. You, you see footsteps walking in a very familiar scene. Yeah. And then it that pans up and you realize it's a reflection and all right away it's telling you everything you need to know this is a this is a movie about reflections in the past and similarities but also simultaneously something new and you see the opening of matrix one play out and like bugs the new character says this isn't the same story yeah so again there's all the meta stuff yeah but what helped me the second movie was i when you get to the scenes with Neo in the new Matrix and he's the video game designer and you get all that meta stuff about making the Matrix video game. Yeah. I watched it with the understanding that Neo in those scenes is Lana Wachowski. Yeah. And it's it's her experience of wanting to remake, to not remake, but make a new Matrix movie and being told from all these other people what her movie is. Well, and the second time I was struck even more by that conversation that Neo has with his boss mm-hmm. in his office where he's right. like, yeah. our partner or our uh, parent company, Warner Brothers, has that. And I was shocked that they actually said like the company's name, like the yeah. real company's name. Look. And and they were like, they've said they're going to make this with or without us. Yeah. So like, you know, and I was like, what a if that is what happened what a what a move to yeah. put that in the movie you know here's what i'll say about warner brothers they have made a lot of mistakes recently yeah they have they're not the best run company but disney would never i don't think disney would ever do that no and no you know, no it props yeah, to no. warner brothers to let that happen yeah and it was it was yeah. something it got my attention i was like wow that's but so like I think there's a and that's why I said like this second time I realized how personal of a story it is for Lana Wachowski. Yeah. Because having read some stuff of what she said, there was this <clears throat> understanding that Warner Brothers was trying to make a new sequel. Yeah. And they reached out to her, but she wasn't interested and neither was uh, her sister. Yeah. And they were like, well, we're going to move forward. We'd like to have you, but we're going to move forward. Right. And then her parents died. Mm. And she got to this point where, and I, I would encourage you all to like go look up her quote because I, I don't want to butcher it. But, you know, she got to a point where she lost some friends and lost some family and she was feeling really lonely. And just she reached out in her mind to Neo and Trinity to like these very f- familiar characters. Yeah. And she had the idea for the story. And she wanted to go back and reconnect with those people. So a lot of people are reading this movie as a cynical anti-sequel film. And I don't think that's exactly accurate. I think it's a critique of a very specific type of making a sequel of we're going to do a cash grab. We're going to capitalize on like what people, what we think people want. The nostalgia. The nostalgia. And, stuff. and like, if you think about Neo sitting there, like being told, like, this is what the Matrix is about. This is what the Matrix is about. It's about bullet time. Yeah. It's about this. It's about, you know, a capitalist critique. It's about blah, blah, blah. And like, I could just picture Lana being like, all these people want to make the Matrix without me. 
but the matrix has always been a personal story for her and her sister. Yeah. And when you think about the very ending of the movie, what does Trinity say? We're going to, because they now have the power to manipulate the matrix. Yeah. We're going to make it in the image that we want. Yeah. And for me, this whole movie is a meta commentary, not just on like, uh, sequels are bad, blah, blah, blah. I think it's more nuanced. It's a commentary on, uh, getting, being able to tell your story. Yeah. And fighting for the ability to tell your story the way you want. Well, and giving yourself the allowance to be able to say at the beginning of the movie, uh, I was done with this story. Yeah. I was done with this. Because I think Neo at one point or one character, I think it's Neo says like, I thought I was done with the Matrix. Mm -hmm. And then allowing yourself to to find it again in a new way yeah, and that's exactly let that, it. let that be the story. Yeah. The fact that you thought you were done and, but you connected with it and you came back and, and, and made something new yeah. again and, and, and reinvented it and, yeah. and made it modern to where it speaks to what's going on now in our world and our culture. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I think speaks to a lot of those things really well. I mean, I think it's overt and you just can't get away from that idea of like you're hooking up to this software program yeah, and you get into this world that's idealistic and different and you get whatever you want whenever you want it. Things are kind of just handed to you and given to yeah. you, but it's, it's also, it's equal parts pain and equal parts euphoria. Yeah. And even though it's painful and even though when we're hooked up to this and I think the metaphor is like cell phones or when we're online or when we're on yeah. social media, we see all these things that make us critique ourselves and make us like check ourselves and be like, you're not good enough. Like, uh, you're not attractive enough. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. And we're a glutton for punishment. We keep going yeah. back for that pain because our, that movie, the movie kind of critiques that the human brain of like, we thrive on that, like suffering and mm, yeah the, the pleasure kind of. A, yeah. But I think it also works like even just inherent in like Neo story. Yeah. In that I think it's great that Lana found a way to tell a story that was personal to her, but it also made sense for Neo within the story mm -hmm. that, if you think about the original trilogy, it's about, you know, in general terms, the first movie seems to me to be about um, living in a loop, living in like a, you're, you're a cog in the machine. Yeah. You feel like you're, you have no purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like it was really heavy when I rewatched it with like his bosses at his work being like, we want you here nine to five, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like very structure, very much like these are the rules you live, you're a part of the machine. And then realizing all that's, a story it's an illusion right and you can break through it and then you have the power to manipulate story reality so like the fictions the stories that rule our lives you know politics money like they're all just stories well and that's and the you break beautiful through it. i think it's the beautiful thing about the matrix in general mm -hmm. but i think the mate the fourth one it just felt like it works on so many levels yeah that it's just a, a really layered movie where it's like there are things about relationships there are things about like the lies we tell ourselves to kind of mm -hmm. get through the day like what we plug into to 
to dissociate from what's yeah. going on in our lives. I feel like there's so much, it's so rich with, with, uh, with those themes and those storylines. Yeah. Um, and there, yeah, I just think it's one of those movies. There's just so much to unpack. And I, after yeah. the first viewing, that's what I felt like yeah. I was, I was like on the fence about it just because I felt like I just need to sit with this for a while. Cause there's so much, I felt like there was so much to unpack there. So mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of hard to have. It's kind of hard to suggest a movie that, you know, potentially could need like two yeah. viewings to really enjoy yeah. it. But to me, I think that's awesome because yeah. it just goes to show the amount of work and love and just like yeah. themselves, like how personal it is. Like you said, like yeah. they just put themselves into the well, movie. Like, I don't know whether it worked for you or not. Like I, I think it'd be hard pressed of you to deny that there was a, there was no effort or ingenuity or oh, creativity. Like yeah. she was really swinging for the fences and that's the whole thing. It's yeah. like, I feel like she purposefully referenced and showed a lot of the old stuff as a way to show you like, look, I'm trying something new. Like I'm using the, the sandbox of the matrix, what yeah. you know, but I'm arguing for there's always a, a newness you can, approach you can always recreate yourself and that works within the like the story and the meta story of herself where yeah look i'm going back to this sandbox but we can still change things up and and pursue new things and not be stuck in this loop yeah and i just love that she found a way that for neo like you could say well the the story was told neo's journey was over and i'm like no like if you really think about what neo goes through and trinity yeah this i think is essential to the story because like when you go that typical hero's journey route and yeah. you you self-realize you self-actualize and you make the sacrifice you become the hero there's always the other end of that journey which is you become older you start to doubt yeah. yourself uh -huh. and if you think about it as like lana wachowski story like oh this is what the matrix is everyone's telling her what it is like she's tempted with can i go back should i go back can I still, can I still find the creativity to recreate myself as an artist? There's yeah. always that point where it's like, you did it. You won the battle. Yeah. But time goes on. Are you able to recreate yourself? Are you able to remember and have faith in yourself again? And that was Neo's journey of like, he has to, he has to find faith in himself again and, and remember and, and have the newfound hope to keep going. Yeah. And yeah. I, th I thought that was really powerful to see someone like Neo, who's already been through the battle, but then gets to the point where, you know, he's older, he's doubting again. The He the, doesn't want, well, he the doesn't. The system, the machine keeps going. He doesn't want to fight anymore. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore. <laughs> like, and in the movie, you can kind of see so him real. playing with the idea of yeah. like, man, maybe I don't want to take the red pill. Like, yeah. maybe I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. And he has to kind of find that within himself. And, and I mean, he, he, what he finds is Trinity. And that's, yeah. that's the reason why he yeah. ends up going back. Yeah. If you really think about like the allegory of the matrix, like I know for the Wachowskis, it was a very personal, like their trans experience. Yeah. Obviously that's not an experience I know. Yeah. But like that's obviously really clear in the movies when you watch them. But like 
yeah on a on a larger general scale like there is this idea of that i think anyone can relate to of like society tries to like exist in this one specific way and you open your eyes to the idea that this is all just a story Mm -hmm. and you have power to you know take your life in whatever path you see fit right and there comes a point in your life where you've done that battle and you fought for what you believe in and you see the world this way so you fight for it but there comes a point when you start to get battle worn and doubtful yeah and you need someone like trinity to choose you right and to be there for you when you can't choose yourself Hmm. you know what i mean and like i feel like that's what this story is about like on both a meta and just like within the framework of the story and i thought it was interesting when you watch the movie the whole beginning part is like oh what is the matrix the matrix is this um but i think lana at the end tells you what it what the matrix has always been and that's a love story yeah all the movies have been really heavy-handed love stories yeah and i love how she just goes everyone's talking about bullet time and the action and blah 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 and the the mind-bending stuff and she gave us more of that but really what she did was she goes no this is a stinking hard on your sleeve cheesy love story yeah and i love that moment when they have to jump off the building and Neo's still not ready to fly yet. And yeah. Trinity's the one who catches him. And I'm yeah. just like, man, I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of sappiness, you know? Yeah, man. And no. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more I think about it, I think it's just one of those movies that the deeper you get into it, the more you realize is there. Yeah. And I just think, uh, the more we talk about it, the more I realize it was just a really thoughtfully made movie. And yeah. I just really liked it. Well, let me ask you this, because when I first watched it, like beyond just like the thematic stuff, yeah, like the more just nitty gritty, like the action, I remember watching going like, I don't know how much I love like some of these action sequences. I rewatched it and a lot of them played better this time. Yeah. But I was curious to get your take on that. There were a couple of sequences in particular that I wasn't the biggest fan of the train sequence. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of the train sequence. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, where Neo and agent Smith fight for the first time mm-hmm. after them kind of like actualizing yeah. again, some of that, uh, and I'm no like expert on, choreography and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. some of it seemed a little uh fake Mm -hmm. like it just didn't it didn't quite carry yeah like you wanted it to like sometimes like there were certain parts where keanu reeves would do something and you're like oh he looks a little older (laughs) you know (laughs) you know where it's just kind of like you realizing that it looks a little um different than you would maybe expect it to and it takes you out of the movie a little bit yeah i felt like the train sequence was so again i come back to this idea of like everything is so uh like clean looking almost like the colors are really bright and popping and they're in tokyo on the train and they're getting chased and i I, for that scene especially i felt like there were no emotional stakes really like Mm -hmm. you knew they were gonna escape so they were just escaping yeah um, and I will say in this movie, I realized 
like almost every crew member in the first movie dies. Yeah. And no crew members were harmed in the making of this film. Well, that's and, something I thought about too was the first Matrix and really the original trilogy do a really good job of putting threats within the Matrix and yeah. outside. And so yeah. like you have a dual situation of they're in the Matrix, there's a physical threat, yeah. there's a physical threat on the ship. And I feel like in this movie, it was like the first one in the series where there wasn't like a constant threat in real life on the yeah. ship. pairing with the matrix and i just think that's like a really simple way to add like tension tension and i i thought that was interesting that they didn't do that yeah yeah so but i think overall there were like the fighting the fight sequences were were really good and i didn't i didn't have a problem with it there were a couple of times where it took there was something that happened that took me out of it a little bit where i was like oh i will say the the third act stuff i thought really worked like the yeah. motor motorcycle chase sequence yeah I the loved. stuff on the roof the was stuff on awesome. the roof was it's really cool it was really well done well, and it looked amazing it looked really good yeah it looked amazing and like the stuff on the roof that's looked... where practicality comes in handy like you could tell they yeah. were actually on a roof yeah and like they actually jumped off the building i mean they had ropes and stuff yeah but but they actually did it yeah. looked so visceral um yeah Yeah. no that that ending sequence was really really cool and you could tell and it really does just make to me to my eye it just makes such a difference to have it be practical yeah i just always i i find myself really struck by like scenes that take place that are practical and i understand that like you know it, it it's not like every time something is cgi i'm like Oh, I just got completely mm-hmm. taken out of the movie. Like that's not true. There are plenty of people that do it really, really well, and I yeah. love it. I love CGI and how that can look sometimes. But it really is striking to have like large portions of the movie were CGI, mm-hmm. and then to have that at the end where it's pretty much all practical. Yeah, it was like a really drastic juxtaposition where it was like, yeah. Oh, this looks awesome." Yeah, I agree. I I think just real quick, like on an overall scale, I think it was a really conscious choice by Lana to do the action differently aesthetically. Like the original trilogy, original trilogy has a lot of that, like that, like um, kung fu style. Like yeah. put the camera wide, wide angle. Yeah, not a lot of cuts in the action, which I I really enjoy. But I yeah. think she wanted to just go a. a a different route and not make it so reminiscent. Yeah. And I, I think in some of the scenes, like there was a lot of like really up close, quick cutting action sequences. And it seemed a little claustrophobic and front, like kind of a little too, a little too choppy. And I think, I think you said the word that I couldn't quite come up with earlier was claustrophobic. Yeah. Where both of the scenes that I mentioned took place in a small train. Yeah. And then the other scene I mentioned took place and it's, it was kind of like a small cramped area where there yeah. were walls and stuff that they were like kind of punching and breaking, but it, it felt, it did. It yeah. felt both of those scenes kind of felt like you were yeah. cramped but on the rewatch, like knowing that I was going to get that type of action, it, it played yeah. a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say it doesn't even matter because I feel like all the best scenes in this movie are like the, the human like just dialogue scenes. Dude, that scene with him and uh 
with Neo and Trinity in the coffee shop. It's so talking palpable. about like what they wanted for yeah. their future and like yeah. like it's like that's where that's where it's at. Man, that scene that scene was probably um I, I will say I feel like Keanu Reeves felt a little stilted in some scenes. Mm-hmm. Like stiff. But that scene was like really, really good. Yeah, there were a couple scenes here. I was like, Keanu's like bringing it acting yeah. wise. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, that scene was like, oh yeah. man, that was awesome. Yeah. So overall, I really liked it. Yeah, me too. I still think there's like enough in there that I'm like, eh, there's enough in there that didn't work to where like I, I can't put it at like that the first Matrix are even reloaded. Um, but I, it's I, still really good. I feel like I'm one of the few people that really liked Reloaded. Reloaded slaps. I loved Reloaded. It's so good. I thought it, it was my favorite one growing yeah. up. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoyed it. I think for a movie that you're making nearly 20 years later, you're continuing yeah. that story. They did it in a way that was really inventive and really spoke to the culture now. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I think the rewatchability of it is high. Yeah. I think it's very rewatchable. I watched it twice in one night. Yeah. With like a 10 minute gap in between. I started watching it tonight and I was like, man, if I'm not into this, like, I'm yeah, I'm ready to go on this and it's two and a half hours. So yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Well, I don't know how much time we have left in the episode, but I think we should bring something up that okay. we both watched a new movie Yeah, called Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I've been biting my tongue. Okay. I'm going to tell you now. I didn't like it. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna wait to tell him that on the podcast. All right. I loved it. So I was like, this will be interesting. I really, really liked it. I am interested to hear if I'm interested to hear your critiques Mm -hmm. because sometimes what happens is I feel one way Mm -hmm. and then you start talking about certain things and I'm like, I think he's right. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, I'm fascinated to hear what you You have to say negative. It's one of those things where it's like, I could maybe like go deeper on why it didn't work. Yeah. But when it comes to a movie like this, like it's just as simple as I didn't find it that engaging as a story and as a satire, I didn't find it that funny. Mm. And it's just like interesting. Like if you're going to make a satire and you don't find it funny, like I don't know, like (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's just, I I wonder if that's from the subject matter. You just didn't find it funny. here's, Here's how I would explain it. I, I, I thought it was hilarious. Like yeah. I thought it was so well, funny. I felt bad because we're watching it together and you would start laughing and you would look at me and I'd be like, I'm like getting, I was I like, like getting smile. destroyed. I was like, this is yeah. hilarious to me. And, and like, I look, I don't like, I don't enjoy not liking movies. Like, yeah, I really don't. Sure. Um, and I'm actually, I've actually been a fan of Adam McKay's two most recent like non straight up comedy films. Like right. I, I really like the big short. I yeah. enjoyed vice. I didn't think it was as good as that one, but I enjoyed it for what it was. This one felt to me like a modern SNL political cold open. And 
I'm an SNL fan. I'm not one of those like haters. It's like, oh, SNL was better in 2002. You know, like, I don't yeah. care. Like, I watch it every week. Sure. I do loathe the S- the political cold opens mm-hmm. because they always take the most obvious jabs at whatever administration sure. it is. Sure. And then like, especially now. Yeah. Not even the Trump administration, like both administrations. Yeah, yeah. They're so beyond like parody. Like they are parodies of themselves. Yeah. Well, it's it. It's a the cold open is the meme of the week. Yeah. They take that and basically make it and into like, a cold with, open. Yeah. With SNL, I watch it every week. I'm like, okay, yeah. So Joe Biden had a fly on his head. And then you do a cold open where you also put a fly on his head, but then maybe you, you give the fly a voice. Like it's it's like we all made fun of this on Twitter. It's like well, it's like legit, like the internet's making fun yeah. of Joe Biden because he's tired. Or like and or it's like, like <laughs> when when, tr- when Trump did the with uh with giuliani did the meeting at the four seasons landscaping oh yeah yeah. yeah. how do you satirize that that is a it's satire. already yeah 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 uh, and so i'm watching this and like i agree with its message i'm on board with we need to get this planet in shape i agree i agree with the things you had to say about the media and about politicians but i just felt like the jabs were so obvious that it almost felt toothless and like, I don't know. It's just like they're like the things they made fun of with the media and the politicians were just like, we all know this. Yeah, but I don't and think. And then like it wasn't insightful enough. Like the comedy wasn't insightful enough or. I don't think the jabs the though enough. were directed at them. I that's, think it was. That's the part that I felt was funniest mm-hmm. because I felt like the movie was pointing at the audience and it was saying, you well, stand yeah, idly that. by yeah. while these people do this and you allow it to happen. And you're the reason well, why that you're the reason why they can continue. You're the yeah. reason why you watch it every day. Everyone watches this show every mm-hmm. day and they know yeah. that it's fake. They know that it's BS, but they do it anyway. And that's what I thought was so funny was that I felt like the movie was pointing a finger at the audience saying, this mm. is what you asked for. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I felt that too. And part of me was just like, like, why are you punching down like that? Like, (laughs) like, yeah, I think there are some audience members who probably aren't aware that they're a part of the problem, but it's like, well, they're not going to be the ones watching this. Um, yeah. And so I was like, like, yeah, like I get that. It's making fun of the, the cultural moment of like you're too obsessed on your phones you're too obsessed with what celebrity is dating who well, it's like well and i think it comes back to this idea because i think yeah. that the movie was about um being aware of climate change and how to deal with that and having the willingness to mm-hmm. make sacrifices and, and do the right things even though it's unpopular and like i think that like the more serious beats of the movie yeah. were about that but i think I got a big, like at the, by the end of the movie, I mm-hmm. felt like they were saying like being with your people right. that you love is what is going, is ultimately mm-hmm. what's important. That right. line at the very end of the movie where Leonardo DiCaprio says like, I guess I, it, I'm probably going to butcher it, but he says something to the effect of, I guess we didn't realize we had everything we needed mm-hmm. all along. Right. 
Like we have, we had this desire to want more, to get more money, get more entertainment, yeah, to get, uh, to get more beautiful, to get, you know, all this stuff. But it's like, we didn't need any of that stuff. None mm-hmm. of that was important. Us being together was the important thing. And like, we didn't realize we had everything the whole time. Yeah. And we're not realizing. And the tragedy of that is that we're mm-hmm. not realizing it now until it's all gone. Yeah. yeah like, as again, it's one of those movies where it's like, I agree. It's like, I agree with what right. the movie's saying, which makes it hurt even more where it's like, I'm on your team. Right. Right. Like the, whatever message you're getting out here, I endorse it. But like, I wish it was in for me, a movie that entertained me and made me laugh a little bit more. Right. Because again, it's like, I understand the myopic, the myopic view of the characters of even the guy, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's trying to sound the bell, got caught up in the, yeah, yeah. the game. Like I get that. And I just felt like a lot of the observations were just so just like, yeah, we all get this. Like we all know this is the problem. Like we all know the media, the politicians, the culture like this. I just wish it was a little bit more insightful and like, just again, like I said at the beginning, like take that all aside. Just like, I wish the jokes themselves were better. Like I just didn't, Sure. they just didn't work for me. And I'm just like, and so like, if you're not going to make me laugh throughout two and a half hours, it's going to be a slog. I do understand. I understand a little bit of what you're saying because I actually don't think there are that many jokes in the movie. Right. Because they're just writing a potential reality of what could happen. Right. If a comet was going to come destroy Earth. Yeah. The things that could be said on TV, the things that could be done by large tech Mm-hmm. operations like i think largely the movie isn't really telling jokes it's just painting a reality a world that could exist if this happened and the funny thing is the the funny thing about it is that it's not that far from yeah from what you think could happen and it's like it's a horror movie in that way yeah and it's also kind of funny because you're looking at yourself being like, yeah, I, I feed yeah. into this. I do this. That's, and that's, that's something that I would watch. I that's something that's I would enjoy. Why it didn't work for me because even when it, even the dramatic elements, I'm like, this is so close to reality. Like I know how this movie ends. Right. I was like, it's just good. Like nothing's going to work. Yeah. And so like, I just like, I couldn't, I don't know, like, like the characters were like, we're mostly feeling just like kind of like on their pedestal preaching about a cause I already believed in. And then I'm like, I, this is so close to reality. Like I know where this is going. I didn't think some of like the satire, the, the way it's painting some of the characters are that funny because it's like, it's just obvious. Right. But, you know, it's like, whatever. Yeah. I don't hate the movie. I was just like, I was just kind of underwhelmed. Just like, right. Yeah, like it didn't really work. It wasn't that funny to me, and like just the story itself wasn't that engaging. So yeah, but well, and hey, that's fine. Here's the thing: we, but I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I was super entertained by. But it. here's the thing: it's I, like I, the rare I, time we disagreed on a movie. Yeah, it on is on this podcast. It really is. Uh, but I thought Leonardo DiCaprio had one of the great freakouts. He's, I, I, he's a he's great, great on freaking out. He's a great. He is a fantastic, like Tom Cruise yeah. running. Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio is that of freak Well, outs. this stage of his career is my favorite so far. Like yeah. the fact that like people like uh, Tarantino and Adam McKay are realizing that 
Leonardo can play these really neurotic characters yeah. this well has been a revelation. Yeah. Because I, I, he, I thought was, I mean, he's good in a lot of the things he's in. Yeah. He's one of the greatest actors alive right now. Yeah. But I thought he was, I really enjoyed him in this movie. He the was fact fun to watch. That he got started as like the pretty boy heartthrob. Right. And now he's at a stage of his career where he plays these really neurotic, sweaty, <laughs> just like nervous characters. I love that you use the word sweaty. It's just like, it's so good that he can do that. Like, yeah, again, yeah. I'll say it. His performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite performance of his. Yeah. He is so hilarious in that movie. I will say of you, because this is one of the rare times we disagree on a movie. I kind of feel like you're taking the movie a little bit too... I think you're holding its feet to the fire a little too hard. I don't know, man. Because at the end of the day, it is a comedy. Like, it is trying to have... It is trying... It's doing what good comedy does, which is taking something dark and kind of serious and scary Mm -hmm. and making it to where we can talk about it. And it's, you know, they're lightening it up a little bit. But I think you have to remember, like, you know, at the end of the day, I think they did want people to be able to have fun and watch the movie. If you didn't have fun, as much fun as you thought you would watching it, that's fine. But, you know, I I think maybe your expectations were just really high. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not going to write a diatribe on it that I hated it so much. I'm not, this is probably the last time I'll do it, but I just wanted to bring it up because you, you we never, we we never have this back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so again, like I made it through, I was just a little underwhelmed. Yeah. I was just like, "Hmm." well, and I mean, a lot of the performances were really good. And I mean, that helped carry through. Yeah. I'm sure if you weren't enjoying it, you could at least enjoy Leonardo DiCaprio having panic attacks. In yeah. The seeing Leonardo DiCaprio finally be paired with someone his own age. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little like, I was like, whoa. Jarring. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio paired with a woman who's. How do his eyes keep getting bluer and bluer? Yeah. The color correcting. Oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. It's contacts. Yeah, it's yeah. purple eyes. No, but I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the scenes where they were on the morning show and mm-hmm. just doing their best to like keep up the facade of Yeah. You know, literally <laughs> everyone's gonna die in twenty five days, but yeah. they're still having a morning show. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about like, you know, cute stories about you know i will say things i will say uh just a quick shout out to anyone who's interested uh this story was very similar to one of my favorite book series in recent memory called the last policeman Hmm. and it's a story about there's a impending comet coming to earth and everyone's determined that it's gonna hit the world's gonna end there's nothing we can do and so the whole premise of the book is like what does the world look like when everyone knows they're gonna die Right. And it follows a, a a police officer who, because the world's ending, I think I think in that book, like it's further in the future. It's not six months. It's probably like a year and a half to two years or something. Yeah. It's like, what does the world look like when everyone knows their time's up? And so everyone like quits the police force and he finally gets promoted to detective. Yeah. Because there's no Everyone one else quits. and he is determined to keep investigating crimes when wow. no one else wants to. Yeah. And what's really weird is that, I, well, I don't even want to say it, but because I don't want to spoil the book series, but the both movies end 
very similarly to the point where I thought, <laughs> did Adam McKay read The Last Policeman? Right. Anyway, but uh, that just, I just wanted to shout out one of my favorite book series. That's a really good. Yeah. Interesting. No, I, I thought that, uh, I thought the movie was, I really enjoyed it. You could tell there was a lot of improv, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought that there really weren't a lot of written jokes. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that were hilarious yeah, that were like, most of the things that were funny were just like made up or, or like improvised. Yeah. Cause I saw a thing about, uh, Adam McKay talking about it and he said like, he let everybody do a ton of improv mm-hmm. and like a lot of the funniest moments of the movie were improv. Yeah. So, um, I think I, I didn't, I don't think they wrote a lot of jokes for the movie. I think mm-hmm. they relied on a lot of improv from the actors for the funny moments and well, whatever like, it was, the other funny, funny, the other funny <laughs> moments were just like, it was funny because you were realizing like, Oh yeah. Well, the best, I do that. The best recurring joke was the, the guy who made him pay for the snacks. <laughs> Oh man, that, that part was that, that, that really part, made me laugh. I was like, she just worked. couldn't let yeah. go of the fact. Yeah, that, the fact that she kept bringing it up. That was he like, she's a five star general. Why is he? Why, why is he, he charging us for snacks? twenty bucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part yeah. was that part was really funny. But uh, everybody, everybody watching or listening, market. That was the first movie where we have polar opposite yep. opinions on. Very very different. It is opinions experiences. It is rare, but every once in a while, our tastes differ just enough. Yeah. I can't even remember the last one, but. I can't really either, but, to be uh, honest with you. you know, wow. First in a while here. First in a while. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But that, that was it. Don't look up. I mean, hey, I'm still an Adam McKay fan. I'll I'll uh, line up for whatever he has. Well, and I mean, you're not up. saying that you hate it. You're just, you I didn't know. enjoy as much as you I thought know. you would. That's fine. It I happens. Just, hey, I it happens, man. It happens. It happens. That's what, I mean, honestly, that's what happened with me in the dark, uh, not the dark night. <laughs> I was like, what? The green night. Oh, the green night. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little underwhelmed with it. Yeah. Well, you should watch my 17 minute <laughs> I did. explanation. I did. And it helped me appreciate it a little more yeah. because I didn't know, like, I, I had to read up about, like, after I watched, yeah. I read up about a lot of the I backstory, which I helped. I can see that, though, because, again, it's a, the green night's one of those movies where, got to be fully engaged with it and there is kind of like a dry spell in, in the middle of the movie yeah well and the, the it's marketed like a action medieval an adventure action film. film and it's really not it's yeah no it's, it's not introspective it's coming of very age introspective movie, yeah. and by the end of the movie if you weren't going along with what the movie was trying to tell you yeah. you will not have any answers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah i uh but hey, you loved that one. I kind of felt a little underwhelmed. Yeah. I got I got there though. At yeah. the more so we now you about have it. to make a seventeen minute. Don't look <laughs> about, up. Don't look up. Yeah. <laughs> Video All <essay>. right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So um. Well, I don't think we have enough time for me to dive into the card counter. But I, I mean, did watch that. If we dove into the card counter, it would only be you diving in because yeah. I have not seen it. But there's a lot more I'm looking forward to. I still need to see licorice pizza, but it's not out in the Midwest. Mm. We're getting chipped. So I think next week, here's my idea. We do like a end of year review. Yeah. And we talk about like our favorite movies from this past year. 
hopefully we can squeeze in some more. There's still a ton of movies I want to see. I want to see, uh, I don't even know if some of these we've talked about, but there's a movie out there called The Worst Person in the World. I've mm-hmm. heard is really good. Licorice Pizza. Um, I still haven't seen the uh, Kristen Stewart movie Spencer about Princess Diana. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen The French Connection. I haven't seen The French Connection either. So there's still a ton. Yeah, there's still a lot to, to see. Hopefully we can squeeze some more in. Yeah, definitely. I think we will be able to. Yeah. Uh, the end of the year was like so hectic. It was hard yeah. to like find time to squeeze movies in. But I've actually watched more movies this month than any other month this year. I've watched more movies in the last like 10 days probably than I have the rest of this yeah. month it's beautiful just because this i you know you finally have some time off yeah after like the holidays get going and stuff like that but um yeah i think there's still a lot of movies to watch um that are going to be i think contenders for like awards and stuff like that or yeah we or should that are going to be really talked about we should go we should go hard for the oscars yeah, I think so too. I would love to. I like if doing he's that. Listening, Dan, we're we're gonna rope you in. Yeah, because Dan loves the Oscars, yeah. and I think we should rope Dan in for. I that just time. like watching all of them, and I just yeah. really like being able to like to watch them all. And I know, I know, but I just. I really like being able to find like, because inevitably there's always mm-hmm. one that gets yeah. talked about, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? Like, I why I, I don't know what this is. And so then I'll be able to go discover it. And it's yeah. just fun being able to discover movies that are, you know, not as as widely, like, worldwide, like, popular or famous yeah. or, you know, stuff like that that are really, really good movies. So I just enjoy discovering all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited for oh, that. Oh, also the Guillermo del Toro movie. <laughs> just killing me the Guillermo del Toro oh by the way yeah (laughs) we haven't seen that yeah oh yeah uh, Nightmare Alley yeah yeah Nightmare Alley you know what I haven't seen that but I did watch the original Nightmare Alley wow it was like it's like 1938 or like 1940s Um, I saw it on Criterion Channel I watched it wow it was pretty good really it was pretty good nice Um, and it's based on a book too and I read how the book ends and it's like much darker and i heard guillermo goes more towards that so i'm like ooh not a surprise but uh i'm yeah i'm really hyped man. to see his his take on it the uh the new batman is shaping up too man that the new, new trailer batman dropped. movie looks like everything i've ever wanted there is a shot in the in the have you seen the newest trailer yeah there is a shot where the camera is attached to the back of the batmobile yeah and it like kind of spins and mm-hmm. then you see the car he hit flip yeah it's just like i was like that's cinema <laughs> that is cinema more like that's if, we're, if we're gonna have a million superhero movies a year they all need to look like this like yeah. this visually interesting it, it looks it looks really good like visually yeah. I, i'm not even talking about the beats of the story or like character development yeah. or anything like that i'm just saying like from a purely like visual standpoint yeah. it looks amazing <laughs> I could I could listen to Robert Pattinson talk about how he's vengeance like just all day. <laughs> yeah. I I think I don't know if I've said this to you though, but like one of my favorite shots from the trailer is it's like a shot of Batman like all dirty and like mm-hmm. messed up looking, yeah. which I think I think if you're fighting crime, 
You're going to get a lot dirtier this than some of these people, people don't get. talk about. Batman has to stink. He's got, yeah. Dude, you're telling me. This dude needs a shower. You like, know why? All the time. Yeah. You know why when he holds a, a, a criminal up close <laughs> and they're scared? It's, yeah. It's because he smells. It's because it's rank. Dude, if, if I'm perched on a building for like 12 hours in a row in tight black like leather. Doesn't breathe. Dude. Not breathable. It's just gross. You know. I feel like he get cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He doesn't have like a jacket that he wears. Also, I feel like this. You? You definitely get cold. I, dude, I would be <laughs> using that cape as a as a jacket like crazy. You'd be in the Circle K getting coffee. Yeah. Like warming up. <laughs> My Batman would be like so weird. It, was, like, it would just be like this this black ominous figure with like a Circle K coffee cup in his hands. <laughs> Like a backpack. Yeah. It's the backpack like, and a, and a oh, laptop. Batman. And the criminals be like, oh, dude, dude, you've been drinking coffee? Like, some serious coffee breath. Hold on, I gotta no. take a coffee break. But this Batman is going the tradition of the Michael Keaton Batman, I think, where he genuinely looks insane. And that's the best way to do Batman. Yeah. I think we've talked about it. He has to be. Like, he is insane. Like, your Batman needs to be a little, he needs, like, in the eyes, needs to look a little unhinged. Because if again, if you're gonna perch on a building, yeah, again for hours, you got to be a little unhinged. So uh, there's something loose up there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It looks really cool though. Uh, oh, that's another thing. We should do an episode where we t- we're talking about the movies we want to see in 2022. Okay. Yeah. If there if there's any movies, I don't know how act. I mean, Andrew sends me comments and stuff that we get. But if there's any movies you guys want to see, oh yeah us talk about put them in the comments put them in hit up that comment section i would love to talk guys, about some movies harass that or, comment or just discover some stuff if yeah. you guys want to mention it who are help me who, discover things who are the regular listeners dan yeah dan Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. apparently Kristen. i just listens every week hey Kristen. yeah you get the shout out this week yeah Thanks for listening. Those two. Even though you hated the name of our podcast, I appreciate you are still listening. Yeah, there you go. And then I think, uh, well, Carly and Anna aren't listening or watching, so <laughs> we know that for sure. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. This will be the one episode they listen to, and then they're going to be like, like, oh, geez. Well, we were given a hard time, so we're not listening anymore. Yeah. So maybe they can submit some things. Yeah, there you go. But uh, if we want to do a Boba Fett recap, we need to get on out of here oh that's true that's true yeah all right all right see you next time see you next time anywhere that you listen to podcasts yeah spotify apple watch it on youtube next time you work out or driving to work we'll be there so you do want people to listen to us i've changed i've changed my mind there you go man yeah pump that iron pump it while you're yeah yeah, I hope that, that while you're lifting weights, I hope that disagreement over "don't look up" really helped you reach that, that yeah. uh, extra mile on the treadmill. Really helps you fuel that. that yeah. yeah, the person who was listening motivation. was like getting really tired. I can't believe he it's hates like, oh, it. I can't. I can't run one more mile, and then they hear me say, "I didn't like don't look up," and they're like, "Whoa, I'm invested again," <laughs> and they start running. All right, see ya. Bye.